Lampshade Media presents the Brown Power Hour with Chris Gilly Gilligan. Welcome to Lampshade Media Presents, the Brown Power Hour. <laughs> I like the way your voice changed. You're like, oh, <laughs> welcome. You think I, you, I turn on the wolf voice or some shit? Yeah. <laughs> Do I, I come into a character? It's like morning radio and shit. <laughs> Good morning. Sometimes when I'm listening to myself, I I am embarrassed at my laughter. I'm like, oh, do I do I sound like a morning radio show host? I was drive through <laughs> earlier today, and and uh, the guy took my order, and he was sitting there making drinks, and he was talking to the other people that worked in there, and he had such a fake laugh that it was funny, but he did it like four times in a row, like. Are you okay, man? And I wondered, is like, is that how he laughs, like all the fucking? Like, what is this? It was the same laugh. It was weird. It was really weird. So. Yeah. Like, for some, like, faulty wiring or something. I, it had me wondering, how the fuck do I laugh? Do I just... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else was laughing. I, I didn't add that in. Nobody else was laughing. Oh, my God. So, he was like forcing it even harder yeah. over silence. He's like, I didn't want to be in your business. <laughs> but he was black. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on at Wendy's before 10 o'clock? <laughs> Welcome to the power hour, baby. The brown power. The brown power hour. How did you come to the to the actual name? Oh, uh, well, uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm generally pretty indecisive, and uh, Pinock uh, decided that he wanted to change the name, so he chose the Brown Power Hour. And I asked him; I wasn't sure because I was like, I don't want to get canceled over this shit. Uh, I don't know how people are gonna feel about like a like a typical like bearded Brown white power. guy, you know, typical white guy host of the brown power hour show but he seemed to think it was okay i think it's well in the boundaries of okay beyond that if it was white power hour <laughs> like what the fuck is going on i mean yeah right i was more worried about a like appropriation claim you know what i mean people call me out on appropriation you know because i don't want to like you know claim something ain't mine you know that kind of thing I mean, the way 2020 is going, if you renamed it White Power Hour, this shit might fucking take off. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. Uh, Answering emails and shit all day. Oh, man, we got to do another episode because they are craving White Power Hour in America. Making podcasts great again. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Like this fucking dude in the Trump rally that that shot somebody's window out. He's like, that is a fucking patriot. I love him. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what's his name again? But I love him. Shit is fucking unreal. It's so, it's just such a stupid time to be alive, man. It is. But at the same time, 
it depends on how ignorant you are to exactly what's going on in America. I don't watch the news because of the scare tactics. You know, news is all fake. I know what's going on. I, I watch certain things and I hear things. And hey, man, uh, we're just fucking cattle right now. Do you understand what's going on? Yeah, like with the social dilemma, for example. We, have you seen that on Netflix? I haven't watched that one, but have you seen 13th? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I I, I feel like I've seen pieces of that, but I need to rewatch it. That's, But yeah, that's about how slavery is still like uh, basically around, right? In the form of jail. Yeah, and in the form of everything, like how big corporations actually make laws. It's called Alec. Okay. And it's it's yeah, it goes real deep in it. And it's crazy because it it is slavery, but it's no yeah. longer just like a race of people. It's like the whole fucking country. Wow. We're just we're consumers. All we are are just consumers. And when they feed us whatever the fuck they want us to yeah. think and they tell us what little they want us to know, and then they, they make up your mind for you. It's like this election. I've heard dumb people being like, I'm not going to vote because it doesn't really matter. And, I, and how can you even say that in this election? I mean, man. It's, it's because of if you watch the news, they're talking about how these uh, early ballots, how everybody might have to send them in and all that other shit. How is my ballot going to actually count yeah, and all yeah. this other shit? It might be a fake election like yeah you know all the conspiracy theorists it's it's weird that shit like some people actually buy into that bullshit oh yeah and then you don't vote so you don't actually even take any responsibility of making a choice of yeah. what type of world you want to live in regardless if it gets there or not at least take the opportunity to fucking cast your vote dude yeah but a lot of people are brainwashed I know that there are some uh, Christians that I uh, kind of know from back in the day when I was a uh, Christian that are abstaining from the vote because they can't bring themselves to vote for Trump, what but they're mean? also not going to vote for a Democrat because they're fundamentalist Christians. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a family that's always been Republican or Democrat yeah, yeah. for e either either argument. Well, I mean, just the religious right is like, you know, pretty typically uh, Republican through is and through. Is that what all Christians vote, Republican? I, well, I don't want to paint with that broad a brush because there's like, you know, Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris are both Christians. Well, so not, I, I mean, there's... But yeah, there's a large the, percent of... Christians on the extreme that aren't side, white. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, but it seems like even like like if you go like with the like gospel churches and stuff and like the like in the South and things like that, like they're still kind of conservative just because religion makes people conservative. Yeah, but they're you more know? of the Democrat because they're blue collared yeah. or yeah. or less than that. Yeah, and and yeah, and I'm obviously I'm talking specifically about uh, the community I came up in that was. I can tell you, <laughs> was very Republican. We're talking like alcohol, high blood level, like uh, idealisms right now. So we're just throwing them off the wall, hypothetically. But yeah, I mean, in our opinion, it's crazy. Because I know yeah. I know a lot of Christians that are, you know, Democrats. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. There's a, there's a, there's a ton of them. Because, like, it's America. Everybody's, like, somewhat Christian. Did you grow up religious at all? I grew up down south, and I'm I'm not like a specific religion. Oh yeah, you're from Dallas, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So, like, I believe in a higher power and I believe in God and all that. But, you yeah. know, I, I'm also like a history buff and I understand there's there's always something that nobody tells you. Like, the Bible mm-hmm. is only certain stories that have been accumulated over time. There's, yep. there's a lot of books that were supposed to be in there. That they, yeah, like the Gnostic Gospels and the, the Book of Enoch and all yeah, kinds of other. Yeah, yeah. And and who makes those decisions, right? And you exactly. Just, I mean, I guess when I was crazy, I was just taught like, oh yeah, you just have to have faith that uh, you know these councils in the early Catholic Church, you know, just made all the right decisions because God was leading them, right? You just have to believe that. <laughs> well, if you, well, if you uh, don't know, and somebody tells you this is what it was, and yeah. they feed it to you your whole life, you kind of bring it on but all of the stories in the bible are like actual historical things but there's so many things that are left out it the story doesn't actually add up and i you know i believe who knows what the fuck the sun is yeah they tell you it's it's a ball of fire and we're rotating around it right who the fuck told them this well i mean i think that's more of a like a science question at that point because they have you know, yeah, but then when there you are start, very good reasons that I think are convincing that they would be able to provide, right? But it's weird because when you start, but, yeah, at the end of the day, we're making science with history, and then you know idealisms because there's other idealisms. What is that? Uh, what's Tom Cruise? There's a lot of celebrities that are oh uh, Scientology. Scientologists. Yeah. Have you heard the story of that shit? No, that shit is fucking horrifying. Yeah, no, and that's a dude. It's, it's a guy that said he found some books, but he can't show you. Oh no, no, no! That's Mormon. Is that Mormon? Mormon is the one that was in the early 1900s. Even worse. That was he was a he like had a these angels like translate because he couldn't write. But don't don't or let, couldn't read. Don't let me shit on Mormons or Scientologists. Yeah, whatever you believe in, I just believe that there's a higher power that I I haven't seen. I, yeah. But, well, let me change that. I have seen it because I have a blessed life. Oh. But, okay. What does that mean? Like, you mean you've seen like some sort of physical like manifestation, I've, or I've had just your life has been so good that, that we're just. Hey man, I'm lucky. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, who's to say that Scientologists or Mormons or Muslims or Christians or Catholics or Baptists, who it's all the same story. You yeah. know, B- Buddhism and all kinds of other uh, religions across the globe, it's all the same story. So, I mean. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I guess the way I grew up was, was like in a more, what I feel now is a more harmful, like, community where, it fed a lot of the needs I, I needed at that point in my life from community, you know, and having like, you know, a, a network of people in my life and people that loved and cared about me and all that stuff. Right. So I was getting all of these, all of these kind of things from it, but I was also being taught some really hateful ideas, you know, and some really like uh, harmful ideas about other human beings. And I feel like I reacted to it as, yeah. I reacted to it more with anger. I was like, I hate religion, you know? So, I, I, yeah, I spent a lot of time just hating religion. And now I've kind of, like, got a little bit more curiosity about spirituality. It's because you're getting older. Yeah. Did it take you getting older? Well, I mean, no, I've always been, like, a spiritual person as far as, like, the way I live, you know? Because growing up, we went to church. 
And uh, it's something about having the right pastor that like uh, people that can speak well. Yeah. And people that can actually bring you to a spot in their mind where like you're watching a story. It's like good, good public speaking. Uh, I've always been a, a, a fan of good public speakers. Have you ever seen Newt Gingrich? <laughs> Live, yeah. amazing speaker. Yeah, he's a so, showman, right? No, and not only that, it's just, it's just, and he's an interesting person. He can actually have a conversation without any us. Oh yeah, that in itself is extremely hard. As a comic, did you go through a phase of like cutting that, or like, do you still like catch yourself eyeing? Because I, when I record. Or listen to the edit of the podcast. I'm horrified at how many times I say uh. I've had a conversation like. with my mother while Newt Gingrich was uh speaking. <laughs> hit you with the uh we slide it in there. With my mother while Newt Gingrich was speaking at my sister's graduation, it was really, really interesting to just watch a person and look for flaws but can't find any. Yeah. It's it's heavy. That is heavy. That is that is a talent. And that's that's comedy, that's public speaking, that's yeah. motivational speaking, that's music, that's acting, that's yeah. just so many aspects of life. Just communication is such a powerful thing. Oh my gosh, yeah. If you I mean, if you caught yourself in one of those moments where there's a huge problem and you realize it's literally because you don't understand each other. Have you ever you know what I had mean? the words to express to a person or knew that you had the words, but the other person didn't have an education enough to understand the words that you're saying? Right. To diffuse that kind of conflict? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Because when you don't have the words, you get frustrated. Even if you're talking with a person that has an education, if yeah. you don't have the education to speak the words to try to get on some kind of common ground, yeah, it's really frustrating. And that's where most fights break out. Because if you don't have an education to express your emotions and your feelings, it leads to anger. And anger uh -huh. leads to fucking conflict and fights. And yeah, then, that frustration when you don't have the understanding, right? I've had conversations with people and been in fights where... I was trying to defuse the situation, but I might have used a word. And it's yeah. such a common knowledge is common. Not everybody has the same education as another person. So whenever right. you use just a simple word, they might in, in another form like it. Yeah. And there's any number of ways that uh, specific words can become triggering for some person that another person couldn't possibly uh, appreciate or understand you know and then in that case like you say something that's triggering for this person because of something personal to them right that happened to them and then all of a sudden they're like hey all i said was blah 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 and they're like you did it again you know what i mean it's like this kind of like thing where you i'll give you an example went to a car wash i go to the car wash all the time right there on i'm not gonna say the street because then the people will be bad at it but i go there all the time great car wash i get great service i tip the guy that takes care of my car, I tip him and it's everything's worked out great. My brother-in-law gets a car, uh, brand new car. I said, man, you need to go over here. They got the greatest wash. We go out there, we get the most expensive wash. My car comes out looking great. 
his car comes out looking like shit. Like the dude did not wipe anything down, broke the vent on the car. <laughs> no. He just got the car, broke the vent on the car, just left it on the floor. Oh, God. All kinds of just problems. Everywhere you could look, there was just dirt. And you know when you wash your car on the outside, when you go out to wipe your car down, like even in your, like, your door wells, you have to wipe that, right? Because there's mud and stuff that washes down there, right? Not even wiped. And and it was just real a real problem. The manager did, wasn't there for like 45 minutes. So he's like wiping the car. And I'm like, stop wiping the car. Let the manager come. They need mm -hmm. to wash this shit again. <sighs> manager finally shows up and he's like showing them. And then he shows them the vent. And he's like, here we go. I'm from Texas. Here we go means I'm about to fucking have to fight, right? <laughs> he's paid $50 for a car wash. The guy says, why didn't you just get the $24 car wash? Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the manager. <laughs> oh, I, I just can't believe he's just making so many mistakes in this conversation. <laughs> and we find we finally just it's it's about to just go down and I just have to calm it down. Like we didn't come in here to fight with you. We spent fifty dollars for a car wash. I've always had a good experience here, but today, this is nonsense. His car is just the guy that was doing my car, I was like, dude, look at this. And he was like, that's ridiculous. Don't worry about it. They're going to take care of it. And then he shows up with the, here we go. Oh, man. It, he obviously didn't have the education, but I saw that. And so I, I just had to de-escalate that. And he took care of that car. And the car looked amazing after he went and took 10 minutes to fix it like it's supposed to be. Yeah. But it's just little small things like that, man. Yeah. We have went a lot. We. Do you see we've gone a oh, lot yeah. of places? We're we're on the same wavelength though. <laughs> you just have to I mean, life is about communication and expression and who's to, who knows? I yeah. don't I don't know whose God is right or whose minister is right or right. any of so that. So when it comes to like uh communication you know the 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 sense and we were we've we've talked about this before the sense that you can you can get a get a vibe from somebody right uh you know I, my friends have been saying that shit for years and i've kind of like been like yeah yeah that's yeah, magic whatever you know like that's you know you just like people and you don't like people or whatever but i've really like started to get a little bit more in tune to my own spirituality and to be able to sense like what kind of like energy I'm giving off. And it's like, Oh yeah. And when I do that, the people around me tend to have that same energy back, you know? And it's just been kind of like, I don't know what that is. And I want it to be scientific. You know, we talked about it. It's the transfer of positive and negative energy. Yeah. And it's an actual science. I mean, we were talking, we were talking about, uh, when we're out on the deck, yeah, yeah. How whenever I walk into a place and I look at the work that's been put in, and you can walk into some places yeah. and it's shitty work, and right? You could tell that the person wasn't a good person just by their work, right? Because you're a you're you're a professional electrician and you're a, you're used to seeing uh, different kinds of craftsmanship, and so you know what I mean. You you can look at something and say, yeah, somebody gave a shit. Well, I'm an actual contractor of all trades. Okay, and so when I walk into a place like little things that you don't notice like the trim on this door yeah you can tell that an actual carpenter came in and did that because it's it has the adhesive in between it and then it's shot with a nail gun 
Yeah. It's not some bullshit. Yeah, they it's didn't not put like a drywall screw into the uh, thing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One drywall screw halfway screwed in on the side. It's just little intricacies that you can see. And that yeah. act, that even the energy of where you're at and your, how your home was built and the people that built it. Yeah. If there was negative people in there, it tends to be negative energy always around that yeah. area. And, you know, that's that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about because I do uh, remodeling work, carpentry, uh, you know, custom built cabinetry kind of stuff like that. And I've done a lot of work in Victorian Village and you get this sense of history, you know, working in these uh, old, old, old homes with these cobblestone foundations and stuff. And they've been remodeled in the past. So you actually have like, this is from the, this is from original and this is from a remodel at this point because and this you can tell it was this point. Contractor and this was a good one. Yeah. And then there's like six. Depending on the materials used, you can also get a sense of when the work was done, right? Like if it's like this kind of drywall, it was done in the 60s. Exactly. Plaster. Yeah, right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, when you see the good work and then you get to like, you know, replicate the trim and try to match and blend into that. Now I'm like having this kind of conversation with people from a hundred years ago, you know, it's kind of magical. Well, the trim will be just an eighth or a 16th of an inch off. And when you actually put it up there, it's, it's a, some people can't see it, but if that's what you do on a daily basis, oh, yeah. you automatically say, Oh, that's an eighth off. Oh, they fixed it with caulk, which yeah. is, and then you can tell how, <laughs> How yeah. good they did a cog job. Dude, 100%. Every time I walk into a building, I'm looking at the trim work and the cabinetry and, like, just making silent judgments, you know? <laughs> the very first carpenter I worked for, we were doing the siding on a, what was it, a, a recreation center. And his first comment to me was, we don't put our fingers in the caulk. Right. Hmm. And so we're putting this siding trim up, and you have to caulk it with the out, outdoor caulk, right? Yeah, just using the tip. Not your finger. Exactly. Which is all about the cut of your blade, how you cut the tip off. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, yeah, no, 100%. I worked uh, several days, and then he wanted to get on the scaffold and work with me. And so we got up there and flowing, just hitting it. But it came down to caulk, and he caulked. I caulked my side, and then he caulked his side, and then he put his finger in. And I said, well, I thought we didn't put our fingers in the caulk. He's like, well, you got to fix it. Well, see, he didn't understand the quality of work that I do. I know some fools might get up there and put their fingers all in the caulk and have caulk all on the siding and shit, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> After that moment, we never had a conversation about quality of work because he understood that I'm not that guy. We shouldn't have that conversation, yeah. but I understand why, because you're, you're a lead man. You're supposed to have that conversation, yeah. but we don't have to have that conversation again. Because you got your fingers all in the caulk and my side looks like this, baby. No fingers. I always enjoy working with other tradesmen, too, that, like, watching somebody that's really fucking good and, like, solving a problem that's, like, right in their wheelhouse. That, that, is that the, grind is so beautiful. That is the only way to learn. I had a conversation <laughs> with my mom about back in slavery. Like, there were certain slaves that had smart people around them. You had a smart master, you might have picked up different things from them than a person that had a dumb slave owner. You didn't get to pick up shit. And that's why we have different levels of education in different races. And uh, it's, it's weird because 
if you're going to learn something, you need to YouTube or be around a person that has some actual knowledge because yeah. you can see there are different ways to actually come to a good finish. Oh, yeah. But if you got a dumbass that's measuring with a shoestring, just because that's what's around or available, <laughs> because you being a you being a tradesman, you've heard the the man is only as good as his tools. Yeah, yeah. Because there's certain tools for certain jobs, and if you have that tool, it's such an easier job than trying to cut a door hole with a fucking. You could have a jigsaw, or you could yeah. have a sawzall. Yeah, yeah. Or you could have a hole cutter. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong. There is like a, a certain to amount of skill involved in doing the best you can with what you got in the truck. <laughs> I'm sure you understand that. Well, right? when you're out in the country and you yeah. like there's no Home Depot or Lowe's around yeah. for the next 50 miles, I understand that. But whatever trade you're in, that that trade knew that and probably had that little piece on there. And that's I had a good I've always had good lead men to teach me. Yeah. And the and the tradesmen that were also in the house doing shit they were all so good, and so I got to watch yeah. that. And then, well, I got a, I, I, I just happened upon this one crew in Toledo, and they were just doing like some really good work, you know. And uh, I remember actually my my boss, my foreman, the owner of the company, and that framing crew was like, "Yeah, you missed your calling. You should have been a trim carpenter," because I was like <laughs> so like precise and like you know getting the cuts i was like really really happy about my measure twice my once. cutting i was like nailing it yeah. it was a lot of fun at that point in my life because i was just like i could like feed two different uh parts of the house at the same time getting called back numbers from the roof you know and then i yeah. have like runners and i'd just be over there just cut pop, 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 pop. you know what i mean <laughs> because you had a notepad and a pencil to write down the measurement cuts, yeah. and then you could just send. oh them yeah off. yeah i had a you know piece of wood with all the thing the list on it and i was just it's hammering through it and sending it yeah 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 just it was, so you uh, know what heavy and light means on a cut yeah yeah it's usually a 30 second is, hey, you either gonna be on this side or that side? I ain't trying to know my thirty seconds, man. <laughs> well, I mean, whenever you're cutting, some people are like, "Yo, <laughs> now I gotta caulk this edge." Exactly though, because some people will call heavy an eighth of an inch. But when you're on like like a big job, sites, yeah, on framing, it's they like don't, they don't they don't have uh, they didn't order materials for fuck ups. Yeah, they ordered exactly. exactly what they needed, and you have to cut. Yeah. Exact. Otherwise, you're short, and then somebody's like, "Who fucked up?" <laughs> yeah, there was exactly enough square feet to do this, do this job. But somebody, somebody, today was somebody's last day. Who was? <laughs> you ever heard "Food for Thoughts" by uh, our friend Joel Good yet? I have. I have. All right. Well, you're about to hear it again. Let's do it. All right. This is Joel Good with food for thoughts. I'm here to crack an egg of knowledge on the frying pan of your mind. Cook it for about a couple minutes, medium, medium well. Lay them on top of the English muffin of everything you've known before. Top it with ham or some sort of thinly sliced meat and drizzle it with a hollandaise sauce of truth, creating the biscuit benedict of revelation. Because much like Benedict Arnold, it will betray everything you thought you knew. Like when East Edge realized God was dead, or Bruce Willis when he realized he was a ghost, it will change your life forever. It's time you made a choice. Our nation is more divided than it's ever been. 
And when it comes down to it, you need to decide whose team you're on and try to be on the right side of history. So look deep within yourself and ask, bagels or donuts? That's right, folks. There's only room for one breakfast pastry with a hole in it. Think hard. And when you walk into work and you see that box of goodies your boss got to boost morale instead of paying you more, what is it that you want in that box? Bagels or donuts? It might surprise you to think that my personal opinion is bagels all day. While donuts have their upside, it's the bagel that's truly master of its domain. They can be sweet or savory. They come with various cream cheeses. And if you're clever enough, they can be made into a damn fine sandwich. Then, of course, there's the nutritional value. Now, I'm not a health nut, but the way a bagel makes you feel inside is more satisfying. A well-cheesed bagel can fill you up and make you feel ready for the day. Meanwhile, a donut, while enticing and delicious at first, you often need coffee or milk to wash it down and ultimately leaves you with a bellyache. The donut is a Transformers movie while the bagel is Godfather. There's less pizzazz, more substance. So when you make your decision, make the right one. Make it bagels. Plus, you know who likes donuts? That's right. Fuck 12. Give me 13 bagels. I kind of want a fucking donut now. (laughs) Damn. Going against the bagels, huh? I like bagels. I mean, it kind of depends on what kind of bagel. Because are these blueberry bagels or these cinnamon bagels or what kind of bagels? Plain bagels? It could be, I guess, whatever floats your boat. Are they old bagels or the fresh bagels? I would say, like, I would only eat a fresh bagel. Because have you ever had a bagel sandwich from McDonald's in the morning and had, like, an old-ass bagel and it wasn't very good because yeah. the bagel was fucked up and old? Yeah, and, and you're chewing had, on the, you're just gnawing on the thing. Right? I've had a steak, egg, and cheese bagel that was just a fresh bagel, and it was a different sandwich, and I'm telling oh, yeah. you. So I don't know. Where, where is he getting these bagels from? That's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not McDonald's. If I was interviewing, I'm going to say what kind of bagels and where are we we getting these bagels from because that's very important because, I mean, if you're getting, like, week-old bagels that were donated, then that's different than, like, a bagel that you're going to get from McDonald's uptown. I mean, best of each. Best case scenario for each, which way do you go? Uh, It depends on if you, like, fluffy, like, Fresh off of Krispy Kreme's like donut belt, or oh, yeah. if you like Buckeye donuts, it's like more like a cake donut. Yeah, it, yeah. it's like more filling. Like you can eat like twelve of the fucking Krispy Kremes, and you don't realize it until like thirty minutes later. You're like, man, that's a lot of sugar. My stomach hurts. <laughs> but <laughs> one Buckeye donut, shit. Yeah, you're like good till like eleven thirty, eleven forty five. Then it's time to get a sandwich or something. Yeah, man. So, I I don't know. I I need to, I need to interview Joel on that because I mean, there's a lot of good and there's a lot of pros and cons. Yeah, you have to yeah you have to take a note on that for your because you got you, you got have you guys ever had him on uh, Padro? We have, and we got into an argument. <laughs> Yeah, but it was aired. It was. I, I, yeah. I love okay. Joel so uh, for the for the listening audience, our <laughs> Gilly here is also a co-host with Jay Cokes on Pod Row. So check that out in Spotify and uh, wherever the fuck you get your podcast. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, but you did have him on. Yeah, yeah. Joe Good is a good friend of mine, man. Like I told you before, we I took him on the road. I'm curious. Like you got a reputation for being 
incredibly witty and like doing crowd work, right? If you don't live in the moment, it's, it's kind of it's repetitious. And if you've ever had something yeah. that's just repetitive, you're just doing it and doing it, it gets fucking boring quick. Yeah. Cause I've, I mean, I've seen you uh, hosting over at Bossy Girl. And yeah, you definitely like on it with. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's fun. I I got to watch Mark Lucas when I first started. Mark Lucas was the host. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was over at Scarlet and Gray. And uh, when I first started, Mark Lucas was just—he's so witty. Like if he saw something, he he just—you have to know Mark Lucas. He's a real heavy dude, but he always had. He's like in New Orleans right now, right? Yeah, he's in New Orleans now, but he always had like something. It was just so witty that you couldn't say shit. You just yeah. have to laugh at him. He just was, always had the final word. It was like, just right? a good observation. Like we were talking <laughs> about communication. He had yeah. great communication skills. So, yeah. Yeah. The, oh, and that's like the, the ability to take an idea and explain it, right? Like, yeah. When, especially when the comic didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it, hosting is a. Is a it, you have to be in the moment. Like the best host. You might hear a joke, and then, like, if you do it so long, you could hear somebody say something, and, yeah, you have a rebuttal that you did numerous times. But there's nothing like something that everybody can see in the room, but you're the first person to say that shit. Oh, wow, yeah. Man, I've been wanting to say this shit all show, but as an audience member, you're not supposed to say anything. Because Danny Stratton used to tell me I'm heckling all the time, but I was just helping him bomb. You know, he was bombing, and I didn't want to see him bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so he used to always say, Gilly, why are you still talking? Nobody's laughing, Daddy. <laughs> but I was a young comic, so I couldn't say that. But now, yeah, that's what I would say to him today. I love Danny Stratton. He's very good. So you, you you drive you drive around a lot for shows. Like you were saying, you like did some like out of town work and shit. Pre COVID, yeah, pre COVID. I've, I've done shows on every coast. Like that's fucking rad, man. Florida, Las Vegas, California, fucking New York, and everywhere in between. But so yeah, but it's it's weird because you know the grind is the same everywhere. Yeah. Open mics are always the same. It doesn't matter where you go. There's different, you know, people that are funny in that city. Yeah. And it's uh, entertaining. I like going around and seeing. There are a lot of good comics out here that are just missing the break. That's what it's about. You never know when the break's going to come. And you never know where it's going to come from or what night. But when it comes, if you're not ready for it, then you're just another comic that, yeah, he almost made it. Yeah. She almost made it. Yeah, you're giving me anxiety just thinking about it. There's no anxiety about it. That's the thing. If you're not doing it just because you love to do it, then it starts to become a fucking job. Yeah. And who loves a job? Yeah. Like, you might enjoy your paycheck. Right. And some people do find their career job, and some people make a job. Yeah. I, I I like doing a lot of things. And so I like as a businessman, I found something that I like doing that I don't mind doing and I find pride doing it and I'm paid very well. 
Yeah. And then, but there was a time in my life where I didn't, I wasn't as successful as that point. But comedy was like the only way I saw out of this hole. Cause I worked at Arby's and I had like child support and had oh, wow. two kids that child support wasn't even recognizing as me being a single parent. And it was all kind of complications with school districts and everything. It, it was a lot of shit going on. And comedy was my only like place where I could actually just be me. Yeah. And it's just ironic how it just all happened. Cause my little brother went to Ohio state in his freshman year. He, uh, told me about Scarlet and gray and we laughed, you know, and giggled. Yeah. I'm gonna go up there one night. And then I think it was like maybe a sophomore year, him and his uh, best friend had uh, an apartment off of high street, not too far from Scarlet and gray. And we were, going over there all the time and uh drinking and shit and we got drunk one night he's like let's go down to scroll in the gray and i went down there and i told jokes and uh i've been going ever since and that's and that's the one that moved to that ended up at bossy girl then that show well from scarlet and gray mark lucas was the host down at scarlet and gray and then it, it had many hosts after him oh okay okay and then uh but bossy girl was the place that mark lucas hosts before he moved to new orleans right 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 and okay then, then sorry passed, i was he passed the show on to me as yeah well. yeah and that's a that's a fucking tight room it's it's weird because everybody that walks in has to basically heckle you like they can't even help it be- just because they walk right by you, just because yep. the stage is right by the front <laughs> yeah. door. So it's, yeah. So it takes somebody like you that can be in the moment. <laughs> Did, <laughs> those people are like part of your stage props. Exactly. Time time, you know, and you have to have fun with them because, I mean, what the fuck are you trying to accomplish up there? Yeah. I feel like that's kind of an interesting concept, though, because it does like bring people into the room in a way that makes them feel very involved exactly which i guess like some people might not be into but it's like now if you're into it you're a part of this party you know we're all here together well if i'm hosting you're kind of part of this fucking spaceship that you have no control of (laughs) and if you walk in late then i mean hey we're gonna mess with you but uh, (laughs) but, i mean everybody's a good sport because we don't try to just actually dig into people but we have a good time i, li- I like bossy girl because it is so small it's like uh it everybody that you walk in you're going to encounter yeah you feel somebody's energy it, well yeah like like we were talking about earlier it's definitely a lot of good energy people there's a very low d- uh, douche quotient there you know so it's pretty respectable my favorite time is like when when like the homeless people walk in and you I guess the bartenders see them all the time, but they still get in. There's been a couple that I was like, yo, let them chill for a minute. Just, you know what I'm saying? It's really cold outside, but I, I've talked to these people outside. Yeah. Because I, I talk to them, man. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, they, I just, too. they might give them some change, but I've always been interested in how a person got to where they're at. Because, you know, they might have been successful in their life. Might have yeah. been 45, 55 years worth of success. Yep. But something fucking happened, and now they on the street in front of Bossy Girl trying to get some change. And yeah. how the fuck did you get here, OG? Man. Crack, yeah. my nigga. <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, I would I wear, I would work the door at Brothers Drake uh, over in, you know, Short North for a minute. Mm-hmm. And 
I just stand out there all the time and all the homeless people come by and I got, I just got to know them, you know, I'd like kind of work with them. You know what I mean? Like treat them with respect and like let them know where the boundaries were or whatever. So they weren't like, you know, yeah, they're people shaking people's shoulders and shit like that, asking for money or something like that. Cause it is a fucking bar. You know what I mean? With people that are like, you know, just not expecting that, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck to think of it, but I did feel like there's a line there. And but I got to know them, you know, and then we had a relationship and they'd swing by and we'd have a little chat, you know, every evening, you know, exactly around the same time. And hey, you know, how's it going? And, you know, yeah, great. That's, you know, and they'd tell me their new news and stuff like oh, I got in this new house. There's like, a lot of good people with shitty circumstances. Yeah, man. so they would get into, like, the halfway house, and, like, yeah, things are looking up, you know? So I got a plan, you know? And I'm like, oh, that's great, you know? And I'm I'm talking to, like, is only known as Critter. But, like, it's like, yeah, Critter, what's up, you know? Uh, it That's the, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, me and Jay Cox, we also go down to, like, some of the homeless shelters, and sometimes the they have feed the homeless nights and donations we take donations in the neighborhood and take them down there when it starts to get cold and in the uh, summertime when it's hot and so you know you they're people man yeah right right i did have an instance where i maybe made myself a little too vulnerable and uh i i ended up uh, giving this guy a ride that i bought him a we got to talking and i bought him a sandwich and we had a conversation or whatever and then i was looking for uh I, I needed to get somewhere and I didn't know where it was. And he's like, Hey, you know what? I'm going that way. Uh, you could just give me a ride and I'll show you where it's at. And it, during the ride, he kind of like got a, really aggressive with me. He was saying some shit. Like, uh, he was trying to tell me how to get my wife pregnant. He's like, you got to hit her in the morning, you know? And I was like, kind of like, okay, you know, have you seen something about Mary? Yeah. I don't, Oh, I, is that a reference to that? Yeah. <laughs> he, like, picks up a hitchhiker. <laughs> the hitchhiker just goes left on him. Like, what the? He was, like, yeah. a mass murderer. But he was, like, getting really angry that I wasn't taking him seriously. He's like, if you hit her in the morning, she will conceive. And I'm like, okay, man, you know. And he, but I, but he, I wasn't, like, I was laughing, you know. I was chuckling. He wanted me to be, like, listening to his wisdom he wanted you to take fucking notes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and i and he was and then so just me me and him in the truck and and he starts getting like really aggressive then and i'm like oh fuck i've made a mistake and i misread again going back to communication that we were talking about earlier mm -hmm. we were having a miscommunication you know what i mean I didn't know what to do, but he was becoming very angry. I was like, okay. So, like, I got him to the place, but he was like, I had to, like, play the, like, fucking, oh, okay, yeah, now I understand. Like, yeah, like, like I'm, I'm going to fuck her before 730. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. What is, that's weird. Did, were you, did you, were you married? Yeah, at the time I was. At the time I was. So, I did was. you have kids with? this woman no no we never have kids what we if never this was kids. satan trying to just bring satan back <laughs> through your child he was like you gotta fuck her before 7 30 now <laughs> so this is basically setting up some sort of like ritual to happen basically yeah <laughs> get him on the timeline all right i got him <laughs> me and jesus got a bet <laughs> uh yeah i mean i i like morning sex as much as the next guy mel you are very lucky to live hey man i've went 
with uh, these people at the shelter down to deliver meals for people that live under the bridge. Like yeah. you, you drive over these bridges all the time and you never realize that they're fucking people yeah. living under these bridges. Yeah, and tent, tent communities mm, like right there in Grandview. Exactly. Right there on the river. I watched a reverend have a conversation with a person that had uh, schizophrenic symptoms. I'm not going to say he was schizophrenic. Yeah. He went from like real cold, real greeting, real just warm to just fucking cold. Yeah. And then I just watched the Reverend talking back. But, it, man, it's heartbreaking, man. Yeah. But those, uh, I'm always very, very alert when I have conversations with these people. Like, I have a lot of interactions, but you never know what type of state of mind a person is actually in because you, you can't walk in their shoes. Right. And yeah. just because yo you're having a fucking great day doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's about it's about not social awareness, but it's about being aware of your surroundings. Cause I've had a conversation where I'm just standing out side of a, a show and I'm just waiting on my turn to go up and I'm just going over my set and I'm smoking a cigarette and a homeless person come up and ask for a light. And and make reference to this shirt right here and be like, oh man, yeah. That guy like that guy. And then I gave him a light and he's like, Yeah, I don't fucking like that guy. That guy's a bitch ass. And he started just going on the guy on my shirt. And I was like, you know what? I don't fucking like this guy on my shirt either. And I just totally diffused that situation. And we laughed and giggled and he went on down the fucking street. But I've grew up in dallas man where i've and i've i like being on the street talking to people my mom always says I, i've never met a stranger yeah it's because i don't you know but i'm always aware of people's energy and yeah. i can tell when it's time to change it and yep. when it's time i can go with it you know yeah and i totally get that it's a. Uh, it's a it's situational awareness that's what yeah jay always calls head on a swivel <laughs> yeah, you have to. Let's be all hostile. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've, I feel like I have, uh, have that same like instinct where I just I love talking to strangers, and some of that like I, I feel like I also have like this like weird relationship with awkwardness where I like sometimes just to create awkward situations, <laughs> and that just you know what I mean. And it's kind of like bullshit because it's fucking with people. Well, there's so <laughs> but, many like, times. Does that make sense or is that it, like make me is. an asshole? No, it is. <laughs> because there's so many times that like you'll meet a person and you don't actually meet that person. You meet the person that they want you to think they are. Yeah, You're yeah, like, yeah. Hi, hi. <laughs> and that's not there. If you make it awkward, they're kind of like, oh, hi. yeah, Some dude. Some people call you on your bullshit and be like, yeah. wait a fucking minute, buddy. Yeah, but it does it does throw people off of the uh of the pattern, right? If it's, you're running a pattern kind of like thing and you're just like in a zone or something. Yeah, when you used to people just falling for your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, how's it going? Hey, Dick. <laughs> Why did you just sound like Mickey Mouse? <laughs> That's because people will make you fucking sound like that if they just walk up to you. You ain't ever met, met a chick and she be like, hi. And you're like, hi. I don't know why I'm talking like this. <laughs> I never talked like this, but she talked to me like this. 
That's what it's just, man. The essence of people, man. I like to believe that everybody has a good side, and I've I've grew up with some killers, and even those killers are like everybody else. They have a soft, tender side. Yeah. They don't want to walk around fucking looking like that every day. And just because they look like that doesn't mean that they're fucking actually mean. Because I've met some of the nicest people look like some of the most aggressive people on the earth. Like, you mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to talk to them. Right. I've been in jail, and I've <laughs> they always wanted to put me in the killer tank. Like, I'd be in there for fucking no insurance ticket. And they <laughs> fucking 15 murderers like, what? in here and with me. And, yeah. Wow. I'm like, man, I can't wait. Yeah, I just, I, mama, please bear, bear me out. I never fucking not pay another no insurance ticket. But Yikes. you have a conversation with them and, you know, yeah, you meet people under different circumstances. Yeah. You ever met somebody that you just like, I don't give a fuck what, they, everybody can love them. But as soon as you meet, like, you just have this energy, like, I don't like this motherfucker. Like, yeah. it's just something. Yeah, there's like something triggering a, a some sort of spidey sense. I've been kind of on thing. both sides of the, of the fence. There's been yeah. times that I just I like a person and they just don't like me. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's fine because sometimes I don't like me. <laughs> yeah, so, I know. So, I, yeah, I feel that same way. Shit, you got. I run into people that are like, oh, they don't like me, do they? No. <laughs> it's like, oh well. Oops. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know? but if you have a respect factor, you know, sometimes yeah, right. people grow on each other. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like like I have a friend that like I had to you had I had to go through at least like a season of hatred of the person before I actually grew to love them. It's either at work or like at the comedies at the comedy scene, like there was you we're we're around each other so much. There's no reason for us not to like each other because we spend so yeah. much fucking time together that we might as well be in a relationship. Yeah. And that's why whenever somebody didn't like me, I still I still fucked with you. I I don't even I don't even care until we found a common ground. Like I understand why you don't like me. It's because you're a dick and I'm an <laughs> asshole. I'm gonna, I'm going to call you on it and that's just it, you know. Fuck it. Just like bring it right to the surface. Right, let's, Fucking there it is right there. Let's all look at it. A guy explained to me what an asshole was, and I never understood because somebody called me and then somebody explained it. And they're like, you know what an asshole is? An asshole's like going to, like, he'll see something and he'll tell you about it. Like, he didn't think about your feelings before he spoke upon it, but yeah. I just wanted you to know. Yeah. I think that is me so often, actually. Like, I, I just want to, like, say something. I have definitely like been called out for mansplaining and had to apologize. <laughs> but you know what a dick is on the other side? Like a dick will watch you fucking make the same mistakes over and over and won't say shit about it. <laughs> and that's what makes him a fucking dick. <laughs> yeah, both bad. I grew up around a bunch of assholes. We always made each other better because you know yeah. what? If you let me know that there's something that somebody else might be able to fucking get on me about, all right, yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I might change that if I right. think it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I have friends that I trust that will, uh, you know, give me correction like that, too. They might not even be friends, but they're people that you just, you respect yeah. their opinion. It's like, yeah, I, I know that I can trust them in this, and uh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I... I feel like I'm like super stubborn 
but I've been trying to teach myself how to like be correctable. You know what I mean? And like, I've made a lot of changes in my life. So it's been a part of growth, but man, it is still so hard sometimes like to like just be stuck in a, like a, in a thought process and be like, no, that's, that's fucking wrong. Have you seen that commercial? Uh, I think it's like an insurance commercial where the guy's teaching you how to be a grown up. Like once you buy a house, and they're like in a hardware store, and a guy walks by with blue hair, and the guy's like, "Everybody sees it, everybody sees it." Yeah. Like, blue hair. Yeah. <laughs> and, and growth is if you just keep waking up. Yeah. Like, as a youngster, you're like, "Man, they're fucking old." If you just keep waking up, eventually you become your parents, my dude. <laughs> I am my dad. My, I had one of the coolest dads on the planet, but at the time, I didn't. I knew my dad was cool, but I didn't realize that one day I would be that same guy. And your mm. kids make you your fucking parents. So if mm. you wait till you're like 35, 40 to start having kids, your your kids will be able to beat you up by the time they're 14. <laughs> 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 so you have to learn patience first. <laughs> Yeah, man. So yeah, man. You pick your poison. Yeah, I have I, I, I've never had kids, right? I'm like nearly forty, so I'm probably you know, I don't know if I'm gonna be like trying to have kids after forty, don't. you know what I mean? It's just like I don't clone them. It's twenty it's twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. About five or six years, you'll be able yeah. to clone your own fucking kids, bro. Just, just have them like be the age I want them at the time. Clone your fucking self and be like, yo. <laughs> that would be like the most Minnie narcissistic Mel. thing. This, <laughs> this is mini male. They'll never oh get God. clowned in fucking elementary school. Oh no, that could get really creepy. I'd be like giving myself advice if I if that was me at that age. <laughs> Minnie Mel, you know what I did? <laughs> you know what I did? When I was I your did? age, I did this. Don't do that. Well, if it doesn't work, then you have Minnie Mel too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're getting into a, into a Matt or a Mike Myers uh, bit here. Well, I mean, it might be your life one day. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, so, some of this magic shit, like the fucking. Uh, the science and the AI and the fucking, the computers are, you know, going to eat us and shit. Like, do you ever worry about that? I grew up with uh, the Terminator 1. Yeah, right, right. So, like, I, I knew, I, man, I used to, floppy disks. <laughs> oh, floppy yeah, man, disks I was in when that. I was in elementary school. Yeah, And me that too. was Apple. That was the very beginning. And then, yeah. shit, I watched it just blossom. And now I know. I watched HBO and all kinds of late night specials that have sex dolls that fucking talk to you and do all kinds of things. And I know eventually you keep fucking these dolls, they're going to revolt and it's going to be the Terminator. And they're going to know all of your pleasures and, and fantasies and wants and needs and they're going to be able to manipulate yeah. you because that's all your phone is. Look at your phone listening to you. Yeah, oh yeah. And then look at my phone listening to me. Yeah. Have you ever just had a conversation with somebody like standing around you walk up to somebody and you're like, man, I really like that song, man. Def Leppard, I fucking love that song. I'm going to fucking play that when I get in my car. And then you pull up Pandora and, and it just plays fucking Def Leppard, that song. Uh, I've never had that happen. Do you have an Apple phone or do you have an Android? I have an Android. Okay, the Android is going to be like uh, like after Apple, because Apple's going to, you see the alien, have you ever seen the alien in the Apple signal? 
the half of alien right there. You see it, man? I am now looking at this apple symbol. Oh, okay, because the two, like the bottom uh, where the apple, of the, the bottom has a little hook, uh, yeah, hump in it or whatever. The little apple and then the bite is the eye. Is the other one, and it and it looks like two eyes. Well, right? there's actually one eye right there where the, that's the alien right there. You see that shit? Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah, it's weird. That it's is right. Weird. It's right in your face. But if you look at like this, you never see it. But you turn it sideways and it looks like alien. So that's why the android, because the android is going to be like Mother Earth's satellite. And this Apple shit and every all this technology that they done sent you, this shit knows me. This shit knows what the fuck I look yeah. up on Pornhub, my nigga. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. This shit knows all my little nasty secrets and it knows yeah. my GPS, where I go every day. It knows how hard I work. It knows all my finances. Yeah. It knows my credit score. It knows all yeah. shit, my student loan amount. Yeah. It knows every fucking thing. It knows how much I talk to my mama. Mm-hmm. It knows how all the conversations that they sit around and listen to. It knows how I talk to Karen at night after shows when nobody else is around and how we just have a great fucking life. And my kids ruin it because they're just acting like me at that age. And I'm just so old that I just don't realize how it fucking feels to be young and free. But then I go out to shows and I see comics making the same dumbass mistakes. And I'd be like, I wouldn't fuck her because in five years, she's going to put you on child support. And then six years from then, I get to watch these comics try to do comedy with a baby and child support. And it's just amazing because I'm up on top of the hill. And that's what happens in life. You keep waking up, Mel. You eventually be that old dude in the club that's just there for a fucking drink and to watch you make all those mistakes that he wish he could change, but he's watched the butterfly effect. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, it's it, it's actually like, so coming back to uh, the social dilemma uh, and coming back, you were, you were referencing Westworld uh, and the third season of that, Rehoboam, did you see that? No. Okay. In the third season, there is a AI that knows everything. It's it's got everybody's information and it knows exactly what the best plan is for everybody Mel, in the world. They didn't tell you that I'm from the future, did they? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I didn't was catch that. making reference to that to that actual TV show. Yeah. I'm not from here, dog. They sent me back here to talk to a couple people, but there's only a couple people left that I have to talk to, and then I get to fucking leave and go back. To the future? To the fucking future. You're from the future, or this is the future? I am the Terminator that they sent back to talk to (laughs) motherfucking people, man. Stop fucking each other. (laughs) You know what sex is like in the future? You get to clone yourself. That's that's how we reproduce in the future. So right now, enjoy the cognac and enjoy the paninis mm-hmm. and the early breakfast sandwiches and shit at Taco <laughs> Bell and McDonald's and Burger King. Oh, Wendy's potatoes. And enjoy the free porn that it's yeah. not actually free because there are a million and one hackers on there just feeding yeah. your information to every fucking person on the black net. Anything that says free... In yeah. America, it's sat there for fools, because free is a word for fools, because you know this is the land of opportunity. 
Yeah. And opportunity does not always have a sunshine ending. Yeah. Sometimes the opportunity is you being the fucking prey for the wolf. Yeah. Well, on that, I actually, uh, I, I was experimenting with this new kink I have of uh, paying for porn. Um, Smart. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a it's a kink. It's a it's a sub thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a you sub get thing. For what was it? Sixteen dollars for six months. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I was just like, oh, it's just two dollars. I'll just try this for two days. Uh, yeah, but if you, hot, you know, you don't look cancel at some it pictures. in two days, then mail that. Well, then they like they month. sign you up for three more pages without you realizing it. At the same time, and then I canceled my subscription. And then all of a sudden, my bank hits me up, and it's like, hey, Porn Sites R Us says you owe them like $150, you know? But like, that's it? <laughs> so now i got to have a conversation with my fucking bank. You know, it's a whole deal. And you know they know exactly what the fuck that shit is. My, I usually, it's usually female bank tellers at my bank, and so when <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't mind lion's dens and shit. Like, How are you doing today, Mr. Gilly? Doing great, baby. You seen what I ordered last week? I know you seen my statement. Sometimes I just make them check just so they can see that shit. I'm like, yeah, I'm an old dude. Did you see the penis straws in here with the balls on them? <laughs> Mel, you have to. Yeah, I, I, I told you we we're going to talk about these penis straws because yeah. there was two penis straws in here. They've become a bit of a tradition in the uh, in the Lampshade Media Studios. Did these? These balls on these penis straws got like dimples. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're very dramatic. How old do you gotta be for your balls to get dimples? Cause like I yeah. know what my balls look like when they're cold, but yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it's very. Uh, these look like sore balls. Yeah, they look tight and and painful. Who, <laughs> whose bachelorette party did you have going on down there in the studio? Because <laughs> I see there's two. <laughs> no man the garden on high street is a sponsor of the show and so they always have some party favors for us did doug bring these through oh hell yeah like yeah i went and i actually went to the garden and met up with doug there and uh he gave me a little gift bag and he threw in this and that and the other thing and then at the last minute he was like oh hey you need some of these straws and so he had like several there were several vagina straws and there were several dick straws and the vagina straws all went somewhere else. These I think might be them. like Wonder Doug replica penis straws. <laughs> oh, are you saying you know Wonder Doug's dick? No, I'm saying Wonder Doug is that type of dude that he just cuz he's total garden. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if you seen I, his dick. Like he I, shows it to a lot of straight people, I guess. The I joke. love Wonder Doug, but he's never <laughs> shown me his penis. But I would like to imagine if I had to guess what kind of penis he had, I would like to imagine that this is the kind of dick that Wonder Doug had, because it's like it's like a big ass head, and then it's a long veiny ass shaft. But like <laughs> these little balls, they look like like Captain Crunch balls. <laughs> Like when they've been sitting in the milk for like 45 minutes. <laughs> but then still behind the balls, he's still got more shaft. And so I, I hope that's how Wonder Doug is fucking the world, man. <laughs> they look like, like some sort of like uh, recreation of a prehistoric animal right now, the way they're laying on the table. They look like penosauruses. <laughs> <laughs> Well, enough about these fucking dick straws. Here's Tony Casa with some hilltop stories. 
So there I was. <laughs> so there I was. So there I was. So there I was. There I was. So 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 there I was on the boxcar of a train, worried about my friend who had been essentially kidnapped. But we'll get there. So the point of the story is, is where I grew up on the hilltop on the west side of Columbus, there was a railroad track on uh, Valley View Drive that would uh, constantly have trains running back and forth. And so we had a fort out there. And I mean a magnificent fort. This is not your average, you know, a couple kids put a couple boxes together. This is very Swiss family Robinson, you know. The only batch of trees out in this uh, little spot of railway and uh, industrial complexes was this little bit of woods. And this little bit of woods had this one little batch of trees where there's three big trees and we connected them all together. We had bridges, we had crow's nests, we had all this stuff. It was such an elaborate tree house that the homeless would constantly invade it. So one of the things that we found, because this fort that we built was along the railroad out into the woods, we realized that we were driving all of our wood down there, driving, I should say, biking or walking all of our wood down about a mile. You know, so wherever we'd find wood and whatever trash can or whatever uh, house was being torn down, anything like that on the west side, we'd go down there and we'd steal all the wood and we'd walk it down to our fort and we'd build it up. As we're building this, we realized that we could utilize the railroad. You know, we're, we're watching these old histories uh, channel documentaries talking about, you know, we've got the railway system, you know, transcontinental, and that's what really made us be able to move stuff. So we started adapting that uh, concept in a in a uh, very hood rat way where we would take all the wood that we had stolen and we would throw it onto an open box car. And then we'd run along or bike along the open box car as it drove along the tracks to pull the wood out when it got to the fort. And so that way it carried it for us. And it worked out that way for a good long while. And then, uh, then we realized that uh, we can shorten this process even further by stealing wood from the factory that's right by the railway. So there is a company called Buckeye Box Co. where they make essentially pallets. So it was perfect for what we needed for making our fort. So we would go into Buckeye Box Co. and steal all their pallets, and then we would throw them onto an open box car and then run along next to it or bike along next to it and pull the, pull the wood off, take it to the fort. And eventually they caught on to us by setting a little trap where they put an RV out there with the open door. And they knew that we had been going around and rooting through all their cars and because we were little hood rat kids, you know. We were taking all their change and we are taking all their wood and we are doing this and that. So they set that RV out there and then when they finally uh, caught us in the RV, you know, when they finally, they baited us enough, you know. Opened the door, opened the windows, like come on in essentially. So we run in there thinking, oh, shit, there's an RV. Maybe there's soda or something we can steal from there because we're poor kids. And so we go running up in there, and they they essentially surrounded us, and we had to break our way through because we shut the door when they surrounded us and locked ourselves in into the uh, RV. And then when we locked ourselves in, we realized that they quickly surrounded us, all the employees, because they were already ready for us. And we're kids. We don't know what we're doing. So we smash out the bottom paneling of this RV, and all sneak out the bottom of the RV and run at the same time in different directions to escape all these employees. 
and they ended up grabbing a couple of the the uh, Forby brothers. It was a John Forby and Nick Forby, and they and they they took them. They they physically took them and kept them, and uh, they they put them in a chair, you know, and they they kept them in the chair, and they they even had like duct tape and shit to be like, hey, if you get out of the chair, we're gonna duct tape you to the chair, and because it, it's a hilltop, what are you gonna do? You know, these kids are causing damage, they're stealing. If you don't want to tell us who your parents are, then we're going to keep you here indefinitely is how they were explaining it. And in the end, we realized that they've been taken. We told our parents that they've been taken. John and Nick's parents didn't give a shit. You know, they were classic hilltop fucking. One of their moms like died of TB. That's the type of family that we're talking about here where it's like it's, it's a situation where it's like not a lot of care for the kids and the family, if you will. You know, and uh, which is sad. And in the end, my parents were the ones who came and, and, and took Nick and John back. So after that event, we realized, all right, well, the, the move is to deal with the crates from this Buckeye Box factory and throw them immediately onto a train. So we did that. And then I tried to hop the train to ride with it so I didn't have to walk at that point. So then I get into hopping trains. So now that I've been learning how to hop trains, you know, essentially where it's like, all right, you never hop a train that's too fast for you to run. You always want to get onto the ladder that's on an oil tanker because it's in the middle instead of like on a uh, general um, shipping container where the the, uh, ladders are on the left and right, right by the wheels. You want to stay away from that. So I would get on the oil container. We throw our, our boxes into a shipping container and then I would get on the next oil container and I'd hop on the ladder and ride. And then we'd go down, I'd hop off, and I'd be pulling stuff off. And then I, I felt like I'd beat the system at that point. And I'm like, guys, this is the new move. We hop the trains. We leave our bikes. We throw the wood on. We hop on. We hop off. We pull the wood off. And we did that for a while. And we had a friend named Fat Stevie Jr. Because we already had a Fat Stevie. Comes home one day from his summer vacation and asks, what have we been up to? And we said, well, we're hopping trains now. You know, Tony taught us how to hop trains. And so I'm like, yeah, man, this this is the move. This is how we're building our fort exponentially faster. He says, bullshit. Nobody's hopping no trains. You're all feeding me a big bunch of pipelines, you know. And I uh, said, no, the next train that goes down through there, I'll show you exactly how to do it. So we all ride our bikes down to the railroad. Next train comes burning through. I mean, it's a fast one. It's, it's, it's going so fast that me running full speed, I couldn't catch up with it. So I'm waiting for it to kind of slow down or maybe for the next train. And as it's not slowing down and as I'm waiting on the next train, Fast Stevie Jr. is going, see, this is bullshit. I knew you guys weren't fucking, you were making this all up. So now I get it in my head where I'm like, no, now I have to jump this train. So I go running as fast as I can. I'm burning ass down. And it's hard because it's just, it's just big rocks. It's just big heavy peak that you're running through. And eventually I catch onto that ladder onto that moving, burning-ass oil tanker. And as soon as I grabbed on, my feet were swept out from underneath me. So now I'm blowing in the wind, just hanging on with my hands onto this fucking oil tanker, screaming through the breeze, and I pull myself up slowly and arduously, climbing this ladder so I can get a hold on it, so I can see what's going on. And I'm looking into the wind, and as soon as I look you know, forward where the train's going, all you... <laughs> And it's just your eyes start watering, you know. It's just this breeze in your face and your cheeks are going, you know, like it's blowing, blowing, blowing. And I didn't realize how fast it was until I turned around and looked at my friends and they all got real small. You know, you're looking at your friends and they're going, you know, small, not only in size, but audibly. 
So you can see them getting smaller in real time as you're burning ass down the railway. And then you can hear them yelling and fading out. Jump off, jump off, jump off, jump off, jump off. And it's getting farther away. And they're just screaming, jump off. Because there's like, what are you going to ride this train to China or something? What, 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 what's the deal here? What's your fucking move? What's the plan? And as this is burning through my mind, I realize this train is not slowing down. I've already passed the fort. You know, we that mile breeze on by. So I'm like, I got to let go. I got to jump off. And I, I didn't think about it much. I just heard them yelling, jump off, jump off, jump off. So I just did it. And as I let go, what I didn't realize about the, because the, I'm a child, I don't understand like center of mass or, or gravity mass, things of that nature. I don't understand what it means to be blown by a semi on the freeway where you feel the wind, you feel the suction where the things takes you. So when I leaped off that train and the gravity's pulling it all, this heavy weight in one direction, I leap off and I go to turn thinking I'm just going to jump off, push off the train and then tuck and roll on the gravel. I go to push off and I was immediately sucked back in. You know, the train's gravity and the speed of it pulled me back towards the train. So now when I land, my little roll move failed immensely. I roll underneath the tracks. So now I'm underneath the train. And I didn't know what happened because I had hit my head on the rail. So I'm underneath of this train. And I'm essentially perfectly safe in the sense of like width, but not height. You know, because you're, you're in between rails and you've got about three, four feet. I'm probably two foot wide, something child at that time. And I remember coming to and looking up at the light and seeing it come by in increments so light flash light flash light flash light and then you can hear then the audio starts to fade in like tom hanks in that war movie what was that uh, same private ryan you know and, and now i'm in it and you just hear rail after rail car after car booming over top of me and so my first response, once I realized where I was, because I safely rolled under over the rail, I hurt myself a little bit by bouncing on it. But I, the way I rolled into it, you know, I just kind of hurt my right side. And then once I was underneath and I'm looking up and it's going over me, my immediate response was a, a, is, is a fear response, you know, where you kind of curl up. When something's coming at you real fast, like a car accident, oh yeah, boom! And then you have no time to think about it. You you freeze up. You pull your extremities in to protect your internal organs. And the way I pulled my legs in underneath me was kind of over my waist and was just too high. And the train came by and clap, took my knee right off. Boom, gone. Chunk of it just ripped right out. And so I froze. I put my knees and hands up. Whatever was burning over top of me took a chunk out of my knee. And I remember thinking, I'm going to die. You know, like, this is, this is it. So I just thought flight, you know, that panic, that fight versus flight, flight mode kicks in. Roll out over the next fucking uh, car that where I can see, like, I look over my head like this and I see a car coming where there's a little bit of space. And I see another car coming in a little space. And I'm timing it out. And then I roll out. 
And as soon as I roll out, my brothers and my friends, they all come running up. You know, they were on their bikes. What the fuck? You know, blah, blah, blah. And they carried me home. And I'm so in shock at this point that I'm not even feeling it anymore. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm laughing manically. <laughs> just out loud as they're carrying me back home. And then as soon as my mom got home, you know, I, uh, I told my brother, I said, throw a blanket over me because I can't get up. I don't want her to see the blood leaking out of my leg. And then he throws a blanket over me. My mom comes home, walks in. She goes, what are you, cold? Look at your old bundled up for winter. And then Ben, my brother, comes out of nowhere, just reveals a blanket and just completely rats on me. His mom, you know, Tony got hurt, blah, blah, blah. And and he needs to go to the hospital. And she, she takes a look at this and she's blown away. And she's like, oh, my God, what the fuck happened to you? And I said, Mom, I fell off my bike. And she immediately was like, no. This is not, no, 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 no. You're lying to me. You're lying to me. Mom, I fell off my bike. <laughs> so I got these funny knees. They've been in funny ways. And now my mom doesn't trust me. Tony Casa is the lead singer of Zoo Trippin'. You can find them at zootrippin.com and anywhere you find music. Look them up. While you're at it, check out Free Sandwich Productions. This is Tony Costa's production company. They put on some great shows, and there's almost always free sandwiches, so this is well worth your time. All right, well, welcome back from that enjoyable segment from Lampshade Media. And now <laughs> we have, as a special guest in the studio, because of circumstances, our co-producer of lampshade media tyson shipman how hey. are you hey good guys how you doing pretty good how about everything you? everything going okay yeah we're, we're great how do you feel do you feel I uh feel more you know, sober than you guys but that's that's a weird thing right it's yeah. not normal I feel like you came in like towards the latter uh, end of the bottle so yeah you probably well, need to play some catch-up i feel like some blunts i'm passing like, the olympic torch <laughs> if you so choose you had a story i didn't always you? have a story what do you want to talk about all right i want you to tell us a fucking story so, so there, so there I, I was, was. <laughs> <laughs> so there i was forced to sell cocaine because <laughs> <laughs> because child support would not recognize that i had two children that i was a single father of I had a girlfriend. Well, I had several girlfriends at the time, but one of my girlfriends was like, psh, like she had money and she had cars and she had houses and she used to just go party. And so one day I'm at the house and she calls me cause she was supposed to come over and she's at the funny bone and she's like, I'm up here and I'm partying with Andy Dick and he wants to get some stuff from you. And uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call you back and something like happened and like, so I'm I'm at the house with my friends because this is this is like on a daily basis. It's always some fucking story or something with her, you know what I mean? But I I have a couple of girls, so I wasn't really like worrying about her. It was more entertaining the shit that she would come around with. And so I'm sitting around laughing and shit and about an hour or so later on she calls me. She's like, I'm I'm in a she had a a a, a what is it, a pace car? from like some shit it was like number five or something out of a hundred and so she's like i'm in the pace car and and guess who this is 
And fucking Andy Dick grabs the phone. He's like, hey, lick my yellow mustard sack. And I'm like, all right. At this point in my life, I'm like super gangster. I'm not I'm not even thinking about what the fuck is a yellow mustard sack. And so he's like, hello. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Give the phone back to Marie and shit. And so, because I've seen Andy Dick movies and shit, and I love them in fucking old school and all kinds of other shit. But, you know, I'm not I'm not feeling that shit. I don't know what the fuck is Lick My Mustard. How the hell is that the fuck is that to introduce yourself to somebody? And so she's like, yo, he really wants to get something from you. I'm going to come pick you up. And shit, he's at the Hilton right next to Easton and whatever. And I'm just like, all right, what the fuck ever. You know, I've heard it before. And so, you know, about 35 minutes later, 45 minutes to an hour, she pops over to the house. And so she's like, oh, come on, let's go up here. And so I had a chick with me at the house. And so we all three went up there. And uh, we knock on the door at the Hilton, you know, across from uh, Easton. We knock on the door. And Andy Dick opens the door with, like, his dick and his balls hanging out of his jeans. <laughs> what? Right? right. And so I'm with fucking my my girl and my other girl. And I'm like, eh, what type of shit is this? But I'm, uh-huh. I've am i seen Andy Dick movies. And I've seen, you know. I've <laughs> You're like, all he gets stories. away with murder, wow. doesn't he? <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm, I'm still on what the fuck is the yellow mustard sack shit about, you know? So it was more so than the seeing just a random cock and balls. It was more so than just the comment about the mustard. I, I, I'm i an athlete, so being in the showers and seeing cock and balls, that's nothing. But I've already, I knew Andy Dick was like off the wall. And yeah. from the first introduction of. So you're like, lick my yellow what is this mustard? mustard? What is this mustard about Andy it's Dick? It's so funny because he answered the door with his dick and his balls out, right? And yeah. And he's like. Okay, so I know you. And that and didn't I, that didn't even phase you. It didn't phase me because <laughs> I'm pissed right now, you know? I'm 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 already ready to fight fucking Andy Dick, but then he opens the door with his dick and his balls hanging out of his jeans, looking like Andy fucking Dick. And he's like, uh, well I know you and I know you, which is talking to the girls. He's like, but I don't know you. And I'm like, that's funny because you just told me to lick your yellowed mustard stack. <laughs> oh my god. And I looked him in the eyes and he was like, I like you. And it's funny because I was gonna punch this motherfucker in the mouth no matter what he said. Uh-huh. <laughs> unless he said exactly what he said. So- <laughs> no, I know the I, I, I've never like met any dick or anybody on that level, but I know people that like to fuck with people in that way. Yeah. And, and I know how to those. I feel like I know how to deal with them to an extent. I do too. I come on hard. Like especially if I have foreknowledge. I've grew up with like watching white privilege like firsthand. So, you know, I had friends that just had it and I, it wasn't anything new to me. Because I, I, I kind of imagine Andy Dick being a dumbass because, I mean, who the fuck wouldn't? You're a celebrity, so you're at the funny bone. How did that rap? You know what I mean? How did you close the, the fucking conversation with that one? After I hit him with the, that's funny because you just told me over the phone to lick a yellow mustard sack. Like, I was ready to punch Andy Dick, and he kind of... Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's He, he just like, closed it down. He was that. like, I like you. And so then we walked in. Yeah, it, it went straight into the bathroom. And then it was some more crazy shit because <laughs> it was like, it was 
a guy, a young guy, apparently, and Andy Dick and him were just going at it, like, the whole time, like, sucking each other's dick or whatever in between conversations. But there was another guy, and there was a young chick in there, and then the two girls I came with and then me, right? And so I bust out the Coke or whatever. He says, I, I thought you were here for the Coke, so I bust it out or whatever, and we're sitting there. And they're going at it, but I'm having a conversation with the the young chick and the dude, and I'm figuring they're a couple because they're about mm-hmm. the same age and shit. And uh, so Andy Dick is blowing this guy in like the stand up shower, and he comes over and he starts talking to the chick like, "I bet you got a beautiful click." And she's like, eh. "She's like a young naive ass chick, right?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." And he's like, "Just let me lick it one time." So she he ends up talking this chick into letting him lick her click, right? <laughs> And it's it's just hilarious because I'm just busting out lines right there, right? And then the chick's like, the chick wow. looks at me like she's digging me, right? And it's crazy. And uh, she's like, so is this Coke like strong? I'm like, yeah, it's pretty fucking strong. So she like takes a little hit or whatever. And it just, it just it's so wild. And he's like, uh, Andy Dick goes back to, after licking this girl and he goes back, he just hits her with the one time and then he goes back into the shower doing whatever he's doing. And then he just busts out and he's like, everybody just pull out their penis. And it's funny because my girlfriend just left the bathroom and I'm like, uh, uh, everybody but me, right? And he just kind of like blows me off like, yeah, whatever. And so uh, I had enough of that shit. And so I finally went outside to get some air, right? And so the the chick and the guy come out. And uh, we're walking downstairs, and there's a guy, like, laying in the front of, like, uh, the Hilton, like, in the fucking bushes. And so the girl runs over, and it ends up uh, being Andy Dick's son. What? What? He's, like, fucking shit-faced laying in the bushes in the front of fucking the Hilton at Easton. Wait. So this party party where Andy Dick has his... Cock and balls out and is uh, participating in oral his sex, son's like in the public. Is the chick that's in the bathroom that he says he licks her fucking cooch? Okay. Right? So I'm like, wow, wow. I feel this is the most gossipy shit I've ever talked about on this show. I feel like, and I am intrigued as to what that kind of family dynamic is. It's kind of crazy because if you've ever done or watched anything about andy dick is kids don't really give a fuck about him and after that incident like i kind of felt like i understand what the fuck they're talking about yeah but anyway they're they're uh she helps him up or whatever and so she's like well come up to the room with us he's like shit face drunk right yeah so uh we end up getting in the elevator and he's like fucked up and fucked up and then we get right to the door and uh, he, like, sobers up. He's like, who's this dude? And she's like, well, it's the guy with the cock. And he's like, he just shut the door in my face. And it was kind of funny because I, I I, didn't know what the fuck was going to go on if I went in there because I've already <laughs> seen this chick just whip out the pussy on a fucking... Yeah, awkward. On her fucking boyfriend's dad. That's But that's what stardom, <laughs> I guess, will do to certain people. Man, and and you gotta wonder, like, how, how man, I just I'm so curious as to how his son would have felt about that because it seemed like a fairly public uh, display. So it was as if there was no uh, expectation of uh, offense there, right? Well, his son, it's not as if he was trying to hide it; he was doing it very publicly. 
his son wasn't even there, so he probably doesn't even know about that unless he listened to this podcast. Are you saying that like Andy Dick's family is getting their news from Lampshade Media? I'm just saying that they're from getting Lampshade this, Media presents get, the Brown Power Hour. This, this news. Because everybody uh, in Hollywood always says everybody has an Andy Dick story. And that's funny because yeah. I had an Andy Dick story and it was in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. At Easton. Yeah. You got any uh, Jason Coke stories? I don't know. Let's call him. Let's call my co-host of The Pod Row with Jay Cox and Gilly. Yeah, let's call Let's call Mr. Cox. Mm, yeah, hello? Hey, is this uh, Jason Cooks? What's up? Call me Jay, bro. Just call me Jay. What's up, Jay? Jay Cooks, baby. What's going on, man? What up? Recording some uh, some podcast content all kind of fucked up on Crown Royale. Calling you from the Brown Power Hour. Yeah, Lampshade Media presents the Brown Power Hour is the name of the podcast. Yeah. Hey, man. You ever went to a podcast and just walked in the room and... <laughs> Right on the table, there was two penis straws and shit. <laughs> that sounds like a weird nightmare, buddy. No, I cannot. I cannot say that I have done that. Hey, but I. Gee, he was talking to me. He told me Wonder Doug was here, so I said, "Yeah, it sounds like some garden, some garden." It's <laughs> right exactly right. And you know, one day, uh, Jay, you'll be in here and you'll see the two penis straws because they will still be on the table. They're kind of a tradition now. <laughs> okay. I feel, I feel like nobody has used them. Like this no, guy, every once in a while somebody gets daring and actually drinks their uh, fucking beverage out of them, you know. But we, I mean, I feel like there was we like don't a, wash them. I feel like these kind of straws would either come in a six or a twelve pack, and like these are just the two leftovers. That's exactly true. Actually, one of those I'm not gonna lie to you. One of those was found in a in the cushions of my couch uh, uh, long after the uh, of the show of the night of the show. So yeah, uh, one of those was buried in a couch cushion. I'm I'm gonna take one of these home for, for Miss Karen. It was so it was it was resurrected to live on your desk. Yeah, no. When I found it, I obviously saved it because uh, I knew that that was a cherished thing. Hey man, have you ever just been to like uh where is like like an off brand place that I have like a drink like a smoothie with like a thin ass straw and you can't really get a good drink of that shit yeah and, and then it, you feel embarrassed to be sucking so hard on the straw yeah. and then you go to a place that has like some <laughs> thick ass straws you be like this is a good ass smoothie because i can taste it because yeah this. yeah man I kinda, but then if the straw is ever too big do you feel embarrassed by how much uh content you can handle I, I, you know what i mean like you're just like sucked down a like a like a shake and you know half the time everyone else does and you're like oh fuck I kind of feel like if I would have came in here and it would have been like two titty straws on it's the like, table. like, no, that straw was too big. It's not biased. my fault. I wouldn't have been as biased. I would have been like, yo, can I get one of these titty straws and shit? I've never seen one of these. I feel like Red Fox. But yeah, man, uh, I'm going to take one of these straws on for Karen and shit because. That's fair, man. I will I'll approve of that. I'll write that off on the taxes, too, as a gift. Hey, Jay, I was talking about the balls on here. Looks like, uh, was it Captain Crunch, the the look? <laughs> The little Captain Crunch balls, like when they've been sitting in the milk for like forty-five minutes and shit. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm still tipping off him saying he's gonna write it off on his taxes. I'm like, uh, I didn't see that as a line item. I, like, I, <laughs> yeah, that dick straw was uh, considered a uh, a value in my uh, in my budget. <laughs> so, 
It was one of the, the items. The IRS that, might want you to get it appraised. It was one of the items that one of the guests had uh, requested as uh, I had to have in order to do the interview. So, yeah, I wrote that shit off on my taxes. Yep. Penis straws yeah. that I bought from the Garden Theater Wonder Dug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like, fucking Sex One Four. Like, we, we, we do the Lampshade Media does the Gardens podcast, we produce it. And uh, they give us sex toys to give away at our house shows. And hey, you know what? Maybe fucking twenty twenty one, we'll be doing house shows again. How about that shit? I kind of felt like, uh, Maybe. hey, they're just they're like white penis straws, and so Mel's a white guy, and so I kind of feel like, oof, it, I'm embarrassed. It was okay because you said one Doug was here, but if it would have been like some black penis straws or like some light skinned penis yeah. straws, I would have been. I would have. It is the brown power way. hour. Like, what the fuck's going on? The brown power hour with penis fucking straws. Yeah, and the, yeah, I feel horrible about having a podcast that's titled "The Brown Power Hour" and I have white penises. Yeah, yeah, that would be really awkward. Doesn't seem appropriate for nowadays. Whitewashing. Hey, but we wanted to, uh, we, me and Mel were sitting there talking about all the services that uh, Cox Media provides. And, uh, man, we would just like to hear it from you because we have, you know, different opinions and shit. So what does Cox Media actually Oh, cover? well, I mean, yeah, Cox Media does a lot. Like photography and video and podcast. They produce the, uh, our podcast, Gilly. Yeah, Pod, Pod Row. Row. with Jake Cox and Gilly. Pod oh, Row. Oh yeah, we've already talked about that for sure. Hell yeah. No, everybody's uh everybody seems to love fucking Pod Row. You guys are fucking tearing it up. Well, we've been on a hiatus, man, because of the COVID, you know, and business picking up. Well everything's both. yeah, no, everything's been off schedule, like for sure. I get that as a podcast guy. Yeah. Everything's been like fucking awkward lately. I think that I had a whole schedule set up, man, for these live shows. It was a live show, and then I interviewed each of the uh, comics on the live show. So everything was pretty dependent, as far as the format of this podcast goes, on having a live performance in which then we got to talk to each of the performers. And then all of a sudden, live shows are not an, even an option. So I'm like, oh, well, I have to do, yeah. It's an option, do, but it's like a, do, do, it has thing. to be a big venue. Yeah, with a lot of space. In they started everybody. doing shows again at different places and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Have you been in any of those? I, I I've uh, been to the Shrunken Head a couple times. Cokes, have you have you uh, have you been in any of the shows that are happening? Uh, the social distance shows. Oh uh, yeah, I've done a few other social distancing shows. It was uh, it's different. It's not the uh, <laughs> like comedy is supposed to be like a close, intimate kind of thing, and the the distance yeah. of it has been a little bit different to get used to. I feel like. The the online shit is harder, but I feel like when you have the live stream of a show where people are like, you know, six feet apart everywhere and then they sell some uh, streaming uh, tickets in advance, like you, so there's a very limited audience that are all socially distanced and then they do streaming. Like, I've seen some of these shows, and it's like, okay, so there's a fucking, uh, there's a way to do, uh, you know, a show that's genuine and feels real, right? It's a little different, yeah, yeah, because there's less feedback from an audience. But I've been on a couple of those live feed shows where it was actual fun. We were having fun, and you don't really think about the audience, but the yeah. audience gets to peek in and enjoy it. And I think that's what it's about, like comedy at its purest form. How have you thought about changing your your content How and the shit you produce? How have you adapted to to uh, COVID with uh, what you're what you're trying to put out? 
Well, I feel like so. First of all, it's affected our podcast schedule just because we're we're not really able to have guests in the studio um, like we're we're used to. Right. Also, exactly. as far as like comedy, it, I've done some of those over the computer Zoom comedy shows, and it's just not the same because there's no there's no audience feedback. And I'm a comedian, so I like to go off of what the crowd is giving me. So I know when to change directions or when to like go further into a bit things like that and when you can't hear the audience response that's that's difficult so Mm -hmm. i kind of try to shy away from those shows um but the shows that i have been able to do even with the social distancing i feel like they're they're more more than ready for it because since covid everybody's pretty much been in an isolation state for the most part so i mean just to be able to come into a room with anybody it's, it's a terrific thing so they're definitely i feel like crowds are are more willing for it than before COVID. I mean, especially in like yeah. bar shows. I feel like people are definitely getting to the wits end uh, about being alone right now. So I think, I think honestly, I think I'm seeing people that are taking risks that they weren't taking earlier in the uh, in the in the whole experience. Does that make sense? I kind of feel like there's yeah. less of a risk right now because COVID has been it's been like umpteen months now, and so it's kind of everybody's been separated for so long the people start to feel more comfortable but it's also before like a uh, winter season starts to kick in when colds and flus and shit start to kick in so it's kind of like in between right now i th- i think people are still kind of worried because covid is a serious issue yeah even though the president seemed like it tried to pretend like it wasn't right now. it's a fucking serious issue and I've been thinking about something, and I kind of want to change the subject, and I kind of want you guys to help me out. I'm not 100% confident in the name of the podcast. I'm a little nervous about it, and I just want to be honest with you guys and vulnerable. Um, because I feel like uh, Lampshade Media Presents, the Brown Power Hour, would be, I, I, I'm very white. And I'm, uh, you know, I just am very uncomfortable with, like, taking on any kind of brown power mantle, you know? So I'm not, I don't know. You guys tell me if I should continue on in this path with this name and continue the branding process and really build the empire based on this. So, so You know what I mean? Do I go all in on the brown power hour or do I need to, like, maybe think about some different options? What do you guys think? Was that the very first uh, episode where Peanut? Named it the Brown Power Hour? That was the very first episode. This right now is the very first episode where I have fully adopted the name. Okay. Uh, the Brown Power Hour. Uh, because so is it like brown liquor? Is, it, is that what it is? Well, I do or- drink uh, whiskey and bourbon. Yeah, I drink yeah, bourbon. I'm drinking whiskey right now. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're uh, definitely drinking some bourbon. So some it's whiskey. like Brown Power well, I feel like I feel like yeah, it was about you know racial identity, right? Yeah, but I mean, I f- kind of feel like uh, most of white America is brown now because everybody wants to get a tan and shit. Everybody has mixed babies and shit in their family. I don't know, maybe brown power hour. Well, we were talking about white power hour because yeah, well, I mean that was never that would never be an option for the the name, but. 
I get, like brown what, power. I know. Yeah, you think to, I should stick with it? You think I should double down? It, it, maybe it might need to be double green power hour because we can double down on the on on the situation. Double green. What do you think? Jay? It could be like uh, the Wiz. The color is green. Uh, so like I mean, if it was like the brown power hour, and you had like a liquor bottle or something like that in your insignia, like that would declare that it was a about liquor and not about color. I didn't really read too much into it. You can I'm, just, uh, you know, I'll, you can just actually just like change it entirely. Really, like I, I just have no idea what to do. You know, just I just need a brand that I can live with for the rest of my life, and I and I want to make that decision right now. You know what I mean? So I just am gonna rebrand the podcast brown right crown. fucking now, <laughs> the brown based crown. on whatever the fuck you guys think is intelligent, and I'm gonna rebrand my entire brand tonight and start making stickers and t-shirts and fucking like hats pressure, uh but i just want you guys to choose a name that i am going to live with for the rest of my life you know what i mean that i'm going to commit my entire life to the development of this product you know what i'm saying what i want from you is just a simple name like this is it yeah just just really nothing what do you think how about uh simple show <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, Bad News Bears the podcast? Bad News Bears, Mel in the basement. I I, I like Brown Power Hour, man. That shit just is yeah, your thing. you're like it's fuck fine. it. I, I mean, I think I think just Pinoc was Pinoc was onto something right there. All right, I kind of like that. <laughs> This will be the first time I've ever actually committed to a to a title. Actually, if I do this, Brown Power. This will be the very first time I've ever had like a title for two episodes, uh, a, a name for the podcast that that went two episodes. That's How many actual colors take to make the the color brown? Uh, that felt at this point in the evening in the uh, in the consumption that has uh, uh, happened. I. I I have no idea how to do that math, hey, Siri, but I know there's an answer. How many colors does it take to make the shade of brown? The wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a second. We need a big buildup for this because we really spent a lot of time. Like I spent a lot of time. Y'all, y'all were supposed like to some sort of a drum roll. Yeah. So we're, we we I heard there's some answers. We got answers. Siri, how many colors does it take to make the shade of brown? Two, boom, dark blue and dark green make brown. Wow, only two. So it can't be the brown uh, power hour because you know it takes two—a negative and a positive. This it takes two to make a thing about. go right. Exactly. I think brown is to make it out of sight. Shade. Yeah. It is. A, it is a brown world. Cause yeah. fucking up the oceans and it used to be blue so now it's gonna be dark blue and green that's the color of pollution and then dark blue was the the color that the oceans used to be so it's gonna be a brown power hour for i guess a couple of civilizations huh? unless we start being green i yeah i have no idea where to even start with that i i feel like uh i probably like should stop drinking so much out of plastic bottles but here's the problem is that fresca just recently like came back they they stopped selling fresca because it's my favorite drink in the world and they just stopped selling it because all the cans they needed it for beer and so they just were like fuck fresca we need all those cans for beer 
and you know all the covid went to the beer people and my fresca i just i just need fresca and it just came back but now it's in plastic bottles and i feel like oh now i'm polluting because Speaking aluminum Speaking of covid aj i was telling uh mel that the 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 bathroom towel that he has in the bathroom the bathroom <laughs> towel that he has in the bathroom that shit has covid on it dog i was i washed my hands and then i i started to dry my hands and my my ponytail was like that shit got COVID on it. And then I just dried my hands off on my shirt. It was, I came down right. and I immediately told Mel that he need to put that shit in, in, in the washing machine with some Purex. All right, all right, folks. Like, uh, what what kind of, like, uh, timetables are you putting on your uh, hall bathroom, kind of, like, public hand towel? Like, how, how long do you leave that Jay there before it hits mom. the uh, before that hits the washer? Ash to you. How about it before well, you were married and after you were married or well, something? What What's the maximum time limit that a, uh, a guest bathroom hand towel will stay in the bathroom before she washes it, A, or changes it, B, or changes what's your, it, A, my estimate is that that hand towel hasn't been washed in like maybe three months. No, no, like Mel's towel hasn't been washed in like nine months. But <laughs> if you're asking okay, me how so long Tia lets it be in there, the I'm going to say at least a week bathroom, and a half. How often does it, do you change that towel? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It is not often. wash it if, if she has a combination that she But here's the thing. Bathroom. If we're washing our hands, if we're washing our hands, then we have well, clean hands we are wiping on that towel, right? So that, that towel should last. Some people don't wash their hands long enough. All I'm saying is that there should be clean hands on the towel. Mel, that towel spoke to me. That towel was like, yo, man, let me hold your hand for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I cheated. I don't care if I touch that towel. All right. She says if we have guests after the guests leave, and if we don't, every one or two weeks. Yeah. What did I just say? About a week and a half, buddy. All right. All right. So three months is probably over the line. Yeah, nine months. Probably. That's, hey. Yeah, well, here's the thing. As I started to note, I started to notice the grayness. Hey, I started to feel in the white in the whiteness. You know, you know, like like there was a mineraliness to the towel. Uh, at some point, I noticed. So you felt it? Yeah, I felt like somebody had. Yeah, there was a little bit of a there was a little bit of a mineraliness to the to the hand towel. To yeah, it was. Uh, like you wash your hands and it's automatic lotion on that mother. yeah which i felt like i was saving money there too because i was getting reused material you know oh there was a lot of reused material in it. but hey i've been i've been a bachelor when it's just been yeah one towel for them but you know sometimes you don't be thinking about it you be like man fuck it ain't been a lot of people over <laughs> yeah yeah but it's yeah. time it's time, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> it's time baby uh i am uh i'm taking your advice i'm taking your advice in the uh in the next podcast we will uh we will both have a uh a more assured name and and clean clean hand towels in the guest bath Mel, you know what you're getting for christmas right what's that <laughs> you tell me or you want to surprise me i'll surprise you all right we can do a little call in later you see cast that. away you see cast away <laughs> Are we doubling down? Lampshade Media presents the Brown Power Hour goes forward. Uh, I, li I like that name. I like that name. Yeah, I think it's all right. All right.
Who should I have on the show next? Jameson Rogers. All right. Fucking A. Next show, Lampshade Media presents the Brown Power Hour with Jameson Rogers. And one penis straw. Yeah, because you're taking the other. Take a, this is like Back to the Future. It used I to be like between, Twin Pines and that it used one to be right twin there has some straws. shit on the head of. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. On the I, head of the straw. You see actually, that? yeah. I, I've been warning people off of that one. Actually, I probably shouldn't have put this in my drink, but I'm. I have another drink too, so this is just for, <laughs> for photography. <laughs> Jay, hey, it was fucking great talking to you, man. Great talking to you as well. Thanks for calling. Yeah, man. Thanks for talking to us and fucking around with us and uh, and really giving me a, a sense of confidence in the future of my brand, you know? And we'll have to have you on our podcast. All right. I'm fucking down for that. Anytime, man. Any fucking time. We, you want to you wanna fuck around with uh, podcasting and, and, uh, and uh, talking out loud on tape? I just, I just fucking love it. Our studios are less than like two miles away from each other. Are you shitting me? Man, are you shitting me? Dude, we should be collaborating the all the time. I'm telling you. Oh my God. Oh, that's fucking tight. Comedy brought us together, man. And you let me in the club all them times and shit when I smell like weed and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, keep that out back, baby. I'll be out there in 15 minutes. Fuck it, man. I was never, I was never worried about anybody smoking weed. Actually, like that's how I broke up fights. I was so like I'm a, I'm a giant, right? And, and you know, I, I that that has an effect on people for sure. But I'm also like not a fighter at all. Like I have no like desire to fight. But I you got the weed. <laughs> but I bluff. I can. I know that I can bluff because I know that I'm a giant. You know, and that you could use weed to just to diffuse fucking arguments like that thank you yes yeah, so basically like the time that this really made sense to me as i was like literally like i was working my ass off the place was packed i had to shit i was holding it forever working the door checking ids you know maintaining the fucking patio whatever and uh and i finally like got a chance because there's always a big ass line to the bathroom at this fucking bar and I finally got the chance to take a shit. And while I was shitting, a fight broke out in the hallway outside of the bathroom. And so, like, I had to hurry up, finish the <laughs> shit, and go outside. And and I'd never really, like, it's kind of like not a, it's not really like a brawly type of bar, you know, that I worked at at Brothers Drake a few years back. Right. Um, but I, I came out, and, and, and I was, like, you know, just quickly zipping up my pants and running out the door. And I knew I had a job to do, and I just, like, pushed him up against the wall and i just was like no no <laughs> no that was your and the then future. i noticed the one that was more aggressive and i said and i just looked at him right in the eyes and said hey let's go smoke a joint and me and the more aggressive one went outside and smoked a joint together so was that like an accurate description of the no, or was it like no? No, it was that cheesy. No, it was just that. No. It was like I just pushed him against the wall and I joint. said no. <laughs> and they pushed a little bit back and I was like no. <laughs> it was smoke a joint. <laughs> but yeah, it was. It was. I don't know. I feel like weed is just a a, a way to uh, meditate on on smaller thoughts. Like we can, you know. 
get past a, a, a little bit of the bullshit with that. You know what I mean? Hey, man, especially if a motherfucker just really mad because they ain't got no weed and you be like, <laughs> you was about to start some shit because you ain't had no weed. You frustrated. Let's go smoke and talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, you know what, man? You're right because that's what it was all about because he was smelling like weed and I didn't have no weed and then you came and just really just squashed it. I mean, I really think that was it. I just feel like it was an interruption. Hey, I was in Lowe's. I was in Home Depot today. And fucking, uh, I, I was on the aisle and I was coming up. All I needed was one strip of fucking trim to go finish this job that I already been paid for. Yeah, so, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was just in there for that. And I was on the aisle and I was laughing, walking towards the front, and I just heard like an altercation. And I just hit the corner and it was like a whole lot of people because it was right there where the checkout line and the self-checkout line met. And uh, there was... Uh, a big dude and an, and another dude talking shit to each other. And uh, the big dude walked past the little dude in his face and said, just bring that shit outside. And the little dude, and then the dude walked up, and then the dude was like, no. Because <laughs> he was with his little bitty ass daughter. And it seemed <laughs> like his 12-year-old son. And that motherfucker had... Uh, like computer problems for like eight minutes because he was going, yeah. but there was nothing wrong with the computer. But he stayed <laughs> there for eight minutes to let that motherfucker go on to get away from here because that big dude walked up on him with that shit. Bring that shit outside. And you know what that, when a white dude says that shit to another white dude, you know what that means? That's like in Roadhouse when they be like, let's take this shit outside and then we talk about it. And then they go outside and they don't talk about nothing because they just beat the shit out of each other. Well, the one big dude knew that he wasn't going to have too much beating the shit out of And the little dude knew that he wasn't going to be beating nothing. And so he stayed inside. And then I had a cut lane because me and another dude that was in line in front of me, we had cut in front of everybody. We was laughing about it until a dude was like, hey, man, you know the line's way back here. And then this little chick walked by that walked there and she took me and him over there because he only had a couple cans of paint and I had one stick of trim and we went over into the VIP lane and then got out of there within six minutes. But that nigga was still at the register because he was not a fool. You feel me? <laughs> Brown power hour. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm I start making stickers. Hey, Jay, we done drunk like uh, three quarters of a bottle of Crown. It's gone now, but this was one one of them bottles that just popped up on me when I didn't believe I had anything left in the house. And it was like, surprise, you could do me. But it's been there for a minute. And so I brought it over here. Man, Hell yeah. did that thing, man. Hell yeah. Hey, man, have you ever delicious. had five noodles? Pho. Pho. No, no, you got to say it right. Yeah, pho. Is it five or pho? Well, people say pho because it makes more sense in English, but I think it's pronounced, the way I understand it, it's pronounced pho. In uh, Kung Fu Panda, I think he says pho noodles, isn't it? And I, think that, I don't know. It, it might, could. Might and, and I don't think that's offensive or anything because I just like to, I don't know. You know, like, do you ever, you ever eat uh, euros? Like, do you call them gyros? I can't call them gyros. I, I eat them euros because I Yeah, I, I want to say euro, right? That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Egypt and Greek. Whatever, like, that's the way to say it. Brown power hour. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank Jay you. Jay Cox. It's always been a pleasure. Gilly, 
Check out the uh, Pod Row. Check out Pod Row. Fucking A. Jay Cox and Gilly. Yeah. Check out Cox Media doing some cool shit all the fucking time, it seems like. You're always like like making uh, beautiful, beautiful pictures and uh, beautiful, like moving pictures now, it seems like, right? Yeah, trying to. I just, I just, fucking I, yeah, tight, I just man. see a lot of beauty in the world. I'm just trying to show it to other people. All right, we'll check that shit out. Yes, sir. Where, where, where do we find you guys? Where do we find, uh, where do we find Gilly on the uh, on the webs and whatnots? What's your, what's your social? What's your, uh, what's your contact? What's your Gilly the comedian? Yeah, where do people find out about you? Online? Find out about Gilly? Well, you can find me on Instagram at Gilly World Three Thousand. You can find me on Facebook, Chris Gilly Gilligan. You can find me on the street corners across America, <laughs> talking to the people of the streets, baby. Yeah, baby. What about you, uh, Mister Cox? Uh, you can find me at coxmedia.com. dot com. dot com or Instagram at Living laughter, or media. That's where I'll be at. Oh yeah, yeah. Check out what these guys are into. They're doing great shit, and uh, there's so much awesome shit happening in Columbus. So always be curious about it. Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> love you, love you, love you. Hey, <laughs> creeping me out. That shit hurts my ears, but yeah, you get it. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for listening and shit tonight. Yeah. Power, power out, Mel. Yeah. Night, Jake Oakland. Yeah. 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 This program is produced by Lampshade Media. Hosted by Mel Milliman. Music by Tyson Shipman. Graphic design by Griffin Browning. Social media by Sam Welch voiceover by Ryan Branch. And a special thank you to our sponsors, Paddy Wagon Food and The Garden.